Welcome to the Think It, Make It podcast. We're all about turning your ideas into reality with a CNC router, tips and tricks, new products, interviews with the pros, and much, much more. Whether you're using a CNC for business or hobby, we have great stuff in store for you. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Think It, Make It podcast. My name is Greg. I'm here with Bobby and Eric. We're doing something a little bit different today. Um, on this episode, we have a special guest, uh, Miss Marissa Pasternak, um, the owner-operator of the Burned Edge Etsy store. Hello. How you doing? So, Thanks for having me. You got it. So Marissa um, was actually a customer that came in here the other day um, and kind of fit right in with our podcast. We last left off with pricing, um, you know, how to, how to properly price products, how to, what goes into that. Um, and right after we did that, Marissa and her husband, the, the owner-operators of the Burned Edge Etsy, um, had stopped in and we began chatting with them. And um, they, they said they were kind of right there. And we said, you know what, our next episode was going to be, where do we sell our stuff? And we've talked about Etsy, we've talked about Shopify, that sort of thing. Bobby wants to go back alley. Um, so he wants to sell out of a van and a parking lot. Or whole boards out of a trench coat. Yeah. So, And then uh, when Marissa came, we said, hey, um, you guys have a great Etsy store. Um, so we thought this would be a good opportunity to um, not only you know give them some exposure, but to, to see what it's like to sell on Etsy. So Marissa, we will. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your store? Sure, thanks. Uh, so as you mentioned, um, my husband Stephen and I uh, own and operate the Burned Edge uh, out of Manchester, Connecticut. We got started in 2019. Um, our story kind of began with a 1930s shopsmith lathe. We wanted to be able to lathe down a, a log out of our backyard and make something out of it. And that's what we did. We picked up the lathe and, from a tag sale for $10, cleaned it up, and we started making pens, and from there, um, it kind of took off. We decided we wanted to, to engrave those pens with names and try to sell them uh, locally and on Etsy. And then from there, we got a laser engraver and now uh, a D840 uh, Stepcraft. So um, that's really kind of where our story began and has just expanded from there. And um, towards the end of 2019, we got married and that expanded a whole other plethora of products that we um, build and um, customize as well. Okay, cool. So do you guys do this full time or is this a kind of a side gig? Yeah, so uh, I am a full-time employee. Uh, my husband is a full-time student for mechanical engineering. And so this has really opened up a really great um, avenue of, of another revenue stream for us um, where my husband and I can focus on it as as we want to or when we want to. That's awesome. So do you uh, you do you still do pens? We have stopped uh, the pens mostly uh, for a larger sales, but we do still do one-off customized pens for coworkers, friends, family. Yeah, I don't see any. We're looking at your your Shopify or your um, Etsy store here, and I don't see any yeah. pens. Yeah, well, so uh, that's something maybe I think we might be touching on on later on um, the right products to sell on Etsy and and some of the downfalls there with something like making your own pens okay interesting yeah this so where so right now you've got it looks like you have 46 different <clears throat> products set up on your uh, on your etsy store now how often do you add new things to it 
Sure. Um, so we'd love to add more products uh, than we than we have up there. We do a lot more than what we have listed. Um, we've we've pretty much sold about seventeen hundred uh, sales to date, and um, we do have a national rank of just over thirty one thousand um, nationally, based on in terms of the number of items that we've sold since we've opened. Oh wow! Um, which yeah, it's it's really great. Um, we've done we've done quite a lot, but what we've learned is um you know it's it's best to kind of limit some of the items that you have per shop um and kind of keep it a little bit to a niche that you have sometimes um but yeah we we we're really excited to be able to add a lot more products hopefully soon um now that we've got that cnc and hopefully a little bit more time on our hands so do, is this the only place that you sell products just on your etsy store or do you have other avenues as well yeah, so we sell locally. Uh, we, when we can, we try to have, um, uh, you know, the different craft shows and pop-up fairs that come about sometimes and um, really just trying to uh, build a base locally and word of mouth. Um, we'll do different sales as, as people kind of, um, you know, message us on Instagram or Facebook and, you know, word of mouth type sales. So you, that brings up an interesting question because you, if you do craft fairs and pop-up stuff, some of the items that I'm looking at on your website are you offer personalization. So how do you do that type of product when you're at a fair or, or, or some, uh, some event like that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll pre-make a lot of the generic ones. And then um, there's sometimes um, – <laughs> we kind of uh, print more than, you know, an order twice. So we'll have a little bit of extra of a few names. And then there's a certain amount of names that are very popular and I'll kind of take some of those and I'll bring them, but it also allows us the opportunity to um, take in orders locally and um, either ship them back to the customer or meet up with them again um, to, to give them their item. I see. So you you said well it looks like some of the stuff I'm looking at you you just got your uh, CNC so most just about everything on here is done with a laser correct Yep What yeah. do you what do you have for a laser right now We have a Muse uh, that's a 45 watt uh, laser machine and then we also have the Glowforge that's a 40 watt laser oh, Okay How do you like that you know, uh, they're really interesting between both of them. Uh, the Glowforge is really geared to be a lot more user-friendly with a, a very um, user-friendly interface and a lot of things that are built into that uh, versus the Muse is a little bit more limited in that um, in that way, but allows you to do a little bit more sometimes, uh, a little bit different features. But between the two, we, we really have been enjoying them. Um, but we actually just started a a World of Warcraft uh, horde symbol that we're going to be CNCing uh, very shortly. My husband has just finished designing and prototyping, so we're 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 getting right into the CNC stuff. And a lot of our files are transferable between um, the laser and the CNC as well. Right now, on your um, is do you just have one Etsy shop, or do you have another one for like a different niche market? Yeah, right now we just have the one Etsy shop. Um, we're kind of, uh, we have two main products that we kind of sell from there. And then more of the local uh, sales, we offer a, a wider range of other items, which are mostly on our Instagram. You can see some of those items there. So 
Can you tell us a little bit about like what's involved in getting an Etsy shop set up? And I mean, you you have over seventeen hundred and seventy sales here. That's since what what date? Like, and how 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 much time has gone by since you started the shop? Yeah. So um, setting up a new Etsy shop, it depends on how invested you really want to get into it. There are a lot of different settings and things that you can do. Um, so on a on a simpler base. Um, can take you just under two hours to really set up and start posting products if you have all of your photos ready and your price points that you want to sell. Um, if you're just ready to get started and just post some listings, it's, it's very easy in that way. Um, kind of almost like as easy as eBay, I would almost refer it to um, setting up a, a listing. Um, but if you really want to get very serious about it, um, I would definitely suggest reading into the different settings that are on there, building out your profile and your listings in a lot more detail, um, especially there's different things like tagging that you can do to really help make sure that your listing is seen. Um, so really getting into that part of it can take you uh, almost about a week, depending on what it is that you're selling and make sure that you've done your research on your competitors and everything like that, I, I would feel safe to say. Now, did you guys start with one single product or did you have kind of a few things in mind or was it just the pens at first? Yeah. So when we started, um, we kind of just threw everything that we could make up there as fast as I could take the photos and had the time to do it. So we had pens, pen boxes, um, a lot of different 3D art, um, as well as the cake stands and, and the custom uh, photo inserts that we have now. Um, I think we were we were also doing some printing print on demand stuff with masks um, at the beginning of COVID as well, and kind of a, a different plethora of stuff really um, than what we have up there today. So when when did you start this store? We started on Etsy in 2019. Oh, right, right after COVID or kind of during that? Uh, it was before. Yeah, it was, um, I, I want to say like early to mid uh, 2019, we started. Oh, very cool. Yeah, when we got our laser machine and then um, we got married right before COVID. COVID towards the end of, end of November, December into January 2020 is really when COVID started to impact um, the United States and, and a little bit even on our Etsy sales. You, did it negatively hurt your Etsy sales? There were periods where it did, um, definitely, where there, you know, a lot of people experienced financial hardships. People weren't really purchasing things as much online or these, you know, different gifts, right? It was more of the essentials. So we did see a few dips here and there, but um, once things started to thrive again, there was definitely, you could see an uptick again, uh, which was really great. So... We, we have a customer um, that has a, an Etsy store. Um, he started before COVID as well, has several of our larger machines now. And I don't remember the name of his store off the top of my head. It's, it's um, I, yeah, I don't remember. But Great anyway, plug. We, Great yeah, plug. No, it wasn't meant to be a plug because I, I don't know. He takes his store down periodically because when he gets so many orders uh, i guess you get dinged from etsy if you don't fulfill them within the time you're supposed to and oh, yeah. yeah so he's had cases where um couldn't get material there was delays for that so his store is off and on you know from time to time but what was interesting is he started his from nothing just it was just an idea 
And a couple, was it last summer, I think, or maybe it was last summer, I was with my wife and we went to uh, New York and we had dinner um, with him and his wife. And the entire time we're at dinner, you kept hearing ding, ding, ding. It was, it was his, his Etsy app going off with sales. And, you know, he built his business up to doing 20 plus thousand dollars in revenue a month on it, um, just making signs. And it was very niche based uh, designs that he had. And I know over time, last time I spoke with him, he's looking at setting up other Etsy stores for different, uh, different subject matter, different, you know, different signs for different things. And uh, when we were talking about it, because I was, of course, blown away at making that kind of money just doing signs and, and. Uh, he was telling me there's an awful lot that goes into the back end and the customer service and the making sure your your photos look really professional and make sure your your descriptions have keywords in them and even right down to your um, bio I guess he said makes a difference. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, do you agree with like how do how do you feel? Does that same thing kind of apply to you? Definitely. And that's where I was mentioning before, if, if you really want to get into it, it could take you about a week to list just one product. Um, you know, if, if you just want to throw something up and just kind of see what happens, you could get started within a few hours. But um, yeah, that, then, and that's one of, one of the cons to Etsy is some of the things that I'm hearing you mention and, and seeing other Etsy sellers also feel the, the pain of some of these things that they're doing um, on Etsy, where it is a lot more customer focused and um really having the right pictures and those keywords that you're mentioning um is really really key to to getting your listings out there um like a, a really great pro tip that i would give for anyone looking to list on etsy is is you really want to make sure that even if you have just you know the one the one product you can list that listing more than one time but you have to be careful to change like the title, but it allows you to add more tags, have your product be seen because there's um, you know, a plethora of other sellers and people selling the same things, especially even if you do have a niche, there's other people in that same niche and um, you might get put on the 13th page or the first page and it really depends. So having more than one listing, Per product can really help you with that, uh, getting in different categories, making sure that you're on more than one page, things like that can really make a difference. I'm looking at uh, one product you have now. It's a solid wood sign, customizable. Um, so you had it listed, it said $5. And, and I guess, of course, when you select it, you have a mm -hmm. huge list of different wood and sizes. And I mean, so you you could have one particular product listing that has a multiple factor of how many ever if you look at sizes and types of material and colors and things like that yeah so yeah. are you do you do these like a sign like this obviously if it's customized you're, you're doing it as as they order um because you've got to figure out what what you're going to have for material and what kind of color and stuff do you have standard products too that you do in in different wood species and different colors that you keep on the shelf or do you do you prefer to do those kind of as the orders come in so you don't end up with a ton of inventory yeah that's something where we where we would like to be able to have some of that inventory uh to be able to kind of pull off the shelves from we try to do that a little bit more with our cake stands rather than our signs um we might make the base of those signs uh, you know the the general size 
for, um, I think we, you know, we sell like a, a five by 14 garden sign um, and we sell a smaller version of that as well. So we'll make a bunch of the, the blanks for that and then kind of pull them off the shelf and, and engrave them where we can. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that there there are some kind of customer being a customer focused company. Um, do mm -hmm. they do you set up that that kind of agreement ahead of time where you agree to a certain amount of time where it has to ship and be delivered, or do they kind of set that standard for you? Yeah. So um, there's really no penalties if you don't meet their standards. But what Etsy did was they enacted something that they call their Star Seller Program. And um, there are certain standards that you need to hit in order to be considered a star seller. And basically, all you do is you get a badge on your, um, you know, on your listings that say that you're a star seller. So um, you have to have 95% of your messages responded to within a 24-hour time period. Okay. That includes holidays. It includes when people message you from five different th new threads. <laughs> um, it includes the weekends, everything like that. So um, that's one of the, the targets that you need to hit. Another one is you need to have a 4.8 average review um, star amount. Um, so, you know, it's really important that you do take the time to have that customer focus with your customers, give them good customer service, reach out to them after things are shipped, make sure that you're in constant communication and, and you need to solicit for that feedback as well. And then the third thing that goes into that is you need to have 95% of your orders shipped on time with tracking information added. So um, this is where it can be a little bit hard because even if you're one day late, it goes against you. Um, if something comes up, you know, uh, definitely uh, inventory has been a, has been even an issue for us. Um, getting the eighth inch plywood that we need, our prices went from I think it was about fifteen or eighteen dollars for a five by five sheet, all the way up to we're now paying sixty dollars for a five by five sheet. And we don't know if we're gonna be able to get any more after our supplier has this last batch that they have on hold for us. So um, it, it can be hard if you don't, if you don't have the, the supplies. Um, oh yeah, I can imagine. And that, is that something that they set for you ahead of time? Or do you tell them, you know, we usually ship in, in 10 days or is that something that they set? Yeah, so you can set that per uh, listing. You can set shipping profiles. So, um, you know, uh, for instance, you can set a profile that might be for your um, signs for a certain size. Uh, you can say whether it'll be a calculated shipping or if you can set a specific dollar amount. And I think you can even add like a handling type feed on top of that. Um, and then you would set it right there in that profile, how many days it's going to take you to process that order. So you do have some control of that. You can set that. If you know you're three weeks behind, you can change that so you don't get dinged for, for a late shipment. Yeah, so you can change the profile so future orders will um, reflect the new processing time because that processing time is now displayed. <laughs> on the listing so customers can see that before they purchase. Um, if you're on the Etsy site, you know, I think it's like right underneath the the description and all you might see like um, an estimated delivery time. So yep. that's all yep. based off of that. And then if you are running behind, you can change on the seller's end um, specific order ship dates, but you can only do it one time. Um, so if you know that you're gonna be behind, you can you know push their shipping date out 
a certain amount of days and then add a message to that and they'll get a notification saying, you know, your original ship date was the 15th and it's now the 30th or something like that. So I see you do have a five-star rating. That that must have been a lot of work to get there. It can be, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, soliciting for that feedback is very key, making sure that you have great customer service. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of Etsy is well, most of Etsy is shipping. So um, you know, you're really reliant on the postal service or whatever shipping carrier decide to go with. Um, and a lot of our packages, unfortunately, sometimes break. And um, the post office doesn't make it very easy for us to recuperate those those costs, even though we do ship priority. I would definitely recommend shipping everything priority to get that insurance. But hmm. unfortunately, um, you know, there's no there's no standards of customer service when it comes to this on Etsy. But it you know would just be nice to replace that item if you're able to for the customer and. They really appreciate that, and it reflects, you know, really great on you, even though it was something the post office did. But, sure. um, yeah. Do you do uh, um, free shipping, or do you do you do the shipping added? Because I know somebody I I was watching in, um, a couple of videos online, and guys are saying the only thing you always need to offer free shipping, or somebody's just going to go right past you and go to somebody else to buy. Yeah. So. That's always been a dilemma for us because another thing that Etsy did um, was they made it so that uh, people who offer businesses who offer free shipping will um, have priority listing in in the searches, um, and that it's something like in, in, there's limited settings to it, and it's something like free shipping on orders that are over thirty dollars or more. You can't really set any other standards to that. And it can be good for some businesses, but unfortunately, it wouldn't be for ours. And with shipping costs increasing, as well as our um, materials costs, we're trying to, you know, shield our customers as much as we can to stay competitive with other sellers um, as far as our prices go. So we kind of have to, you know, eat the shipping cost a little bit. But what we decided to do was to add the shipping cost to our listings. And, you know, we really feel that we are still very competitive with the market that's out there. And we haven't really tested to see if free shipping would be better, but um, what it comes down to also is, is our, our listings appear to, to cost less initially, even though with the shipping added, it comes out to the same cost as our competitors who do offer the free shipping. So the only thing you lose there is that priority listing. Yeah, we lose that priority listing and, you know, there's really no way to say if we would have received more orders if we do have that free shipping, you know, being, you know, if our competitors charge $30 and we charge, you know, 20 with $10 shipping, it's the same price, but, you know, it's it's, it's hard to say. Um, I guess there's no statistics to say how many listings we would have received sure. if, if we had that, but it's something we've thought about. I noticed when you click on a... Uh... On, on uh, an item, uh, Etsy at the bottom puts a, uh, you may also like, and so it's, it's, they have more from your shop, which shows other products you sell, but then right below that, they have more, more that you'll like, and that's other people's shops. Do you ever find mm-hmm. that that's a kind of a, a pain? Like you're, you're kind of putting a competitor's product right on the same page as yours. 
Does yeah. that does that affect you at all? Uh, I've seen that, and I I personally don't like it. But from I can see where it's beneficial from a customer standpoint. If if you on the other end of it were trying to browse for some you know specific product, and it allows you to easily see other people's products, so I I can understand why it's there. But from a shop perspective, yeah, I definitely um, I feel a little upset about it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Well, I guess you know there there was a, a video I was watching a while ago, and somebody was talking about do you make your own website and do your own you know store, which I guess like Shopify or something, or mm -hmm. do you do you base your business on a platform? Uh, and one of the downsides, I guess, to the platform is the they can make changes anytime they want, that whether it be in their algorithm or in how the pages are laid out or things like that, um, and so. That's why I was curious if you had any other means of selling it or if, if you had plans of branching out to a different platform just to kind of shield yourself against Etsy changing things. Or are you just confident enough that Etsy's kind of here for the long haul and, and it does good by you? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the pros to going with Etsy versus um, some of the other apps that might be, or websites that might be out there or building your own, um, is that they do do some advertising for you. So, um, you know, they, they have, right, Etsy advertises themselves quite frequently, their website, their cell phone app, so you kind of get that. But also they have on-site and off-site ads. So you can set a monthly budget on, um, you know, how, how much you're willing to spend every month on on-site ads, and what that does is you, when you're in the search results, you might see um, like a one row every now and then is just an ad uh, for different products. And so that's where they would appear. And uh, when people view your ad, you don't get any charges, but when they click on the ad is when you start spending some of that budget. So in a way, that's kind of nice that, that you can have that. And then they do have the off-site ads, um, which Etsy, um, does uh, has a budget um, where you can promote your items on like other high traffic websites like Google, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest even. So you can uh, turn, if you, this is where it gets a little funky. If, if you have more than $10,000 in sales in a 12 month period, it's a required participation and it's a 12% advertising fee. But if you sell less than 10,000 uh, in the 12 month period, it's um, an optional <laughs> thing that you can do for these offsite ads. And then it's a 15% fee. And so what does Etsy take from your, from your sale price? Yeah. So on average, if you're selling nationally only, um, there's listing fees, transaction fees, payment processing fees. It adds up to about nine and a half percent of your overall sale, plus another 45 cents in, in different fees that they have. Um, globally, there's a lot of other sales. And um, in the, the ad, um, the advertisement fees, right? Those are only on things that are purchased or if somebody clicks. So. Um, the on-site is is if somebody clicks on your on your ad. The off-site is if somebody purchases it, and it kind of leads into another con that I kind of have with with it. It's really great because you do get that exposure and you do get those actual sales and potential future other sales, but they have a limited um, 
settings, I guess, with, with these. So an example, one time we had uh, a customer find us on a Google search advertisement, which cost us $10 um, based from the, from the sale. And then um, they happened to have one of our discount codes that was a 10% off code, but we also happened to be running a Mother's Day sale, which was 10% off the item already. So when it came down to it, from all of those uh, fees and percentages off that they had, and then the listing fees, we we pretty much made almost nothing on it. Um, and you know, even having to pay some extra money for the shipping ourselves too. So um, you have to be very cautious on how you stack it. That was definitely a lesson learned for us. So I'm looking, I'm just looking around here while we're talking on the thing. And so I see like a product you have, and then where it says that you may also like, you see some items that are probably similar, similarly to yours, which is good. And some that are more than yours. So that gives you kind of a competitive edge, but do you ever notice that you get a couple products that are similar that are selling for like some insanely low price um, that either the person that's doing it probably doesn't doesn't know how to properly price things or maybe it's coming from overseas somewhere um you know and 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 that that's got to irritate you sometimes too right because you're taking all this time yes and that's why we stopped selling pens (laughs) Mm. um so we we were selling um you know very nice hardwood pens um exotic wood sometimes and uh some of our pens you know, $60, $70 with an engraving and, um, you know, very nicely polished. And, you know, we've seen two different things from that. We've seen maybe, you know, some folks, I'm assuming, um, you know, they just love making pens and maybe they end up with a plethora of them. They're like, what do I do with these pens? And they decide to maybe sell them on Etsy and they sell them for nothing because they just had fun doing it. And now they just don't know what to do with them. And so they sell them for less than we do, um, and we can't compete with that. And then on the other edge of that, um, you can buy wholesale products and sell them on Etsy. So um, one of our competitors, many of them were buying pens that we later found were from um, India in bulk for like pennies on the dollar. And then they were just engraving them and selling them for like $20. But our hardware alone sometimes is you know, $10, $15. And so we, we couldn't compete with that. So that's primarily why we stopped selling pens. Um, there are still other people who sell them, um, but it just wasn't worth all of our time to make them and everything. So, um, you know, that that's where I would, I would agree with that. Uh, it can be a little bit difficult and maybe leads to mm. a, another con on Etsy is that they do allow for that print on demand, wholesale, drop shipping, things that that uh, items that you didn't make or somebody didn't actually make, um, and it kind of just saturates the market. I see item, I see stuff on Etsy all the time, and I wonder how the heck can they do that at such a low price? Yeah. So, I've talked to you know our customers, and I've I have friends that have businesses and stuff, and every once in a while uh, I'll start a brainstorming session with somebody and they'll talk about, Oh, we're going to make this product or whatnot. And then you go on Etsy and you see that there's, you know, 20, 30, a hundred other people making a product that's very similar. Um, what is your kind of opinion on that? Like when, would you look at and say, okay, there's, there's already people selling personalized. Well, I know you have a personalized hammer on your website. Would you, 
would you say, okay, there's already 10 other people selling that, so I'm not going to bother? Or do you think that there's enough market out there to, to support that and to differentiate yourself to where, you know, you're the go-to person for that type of product? I don't know if I'm asking that question correctly, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I just, you know, cause it's kind of like, well, if you spend all day looking for that unicorn item that nobody else is doing, there's, there's usually a reason that that item doesn't exist. Maybe somebody's tried it and, and, and there was no market for it. Or are you really, you know, that creative that you came up with the new, you know, fidget spinner that nobody, nobody else has ever seen before, you know? So you got to wonder, like, I, I don't know what's worse if you're selling something and there's no competition or if you're selling something and there is. Yeah. And that's a, that's really great on, on both sides of that. Um, I, I would say that even if there are other people selling items on there, you should definitely still try to market and sell your item because the only thing that you've done is um, lost 20 cents for the listing fee and your time uh, doing it. But I think there's still always a market for, for you to be able to add your, take on things. So maybe, you know, there, there are definitely a few hundred other people selling customized hammers, but, um, you know, if maybe you offer a different type of uh, hammer holder or your fonts are just way better than anyone else on there, or maybe it's your marketing and how you took the images that customers really like. And it really comes down to making sure that your, your photos look great your listing has those keywords that people are trying to search for, that you have those right tags, that you're in the right categories, and people will still find your listing. And even with, with our main seller, the inserts, um, we're starting to see over the, over the years a lot more people selling them. Um, but I still get customers messaging me, oh my gosh, there's nothing else like this on Etsy. And in the back of my mind, I know <laughs> that there's at least... <laughs> A few others that are direct competitors we consider, you know, but there's still people, depending on how they did their search, I happened to hit their keywords and maybe was the only listing that came up. Yeah, I think all competition really proves is that there's a need for it, right? There's a, a want for it. So you can't mm -hmm. be afraid of competition, but that is something I do see on Etsy. It seems very, very saturated. Would you kind of agree that it's overly saturated or... I think it depends on the product. Mm. Um, I definitely don't agree with the, you know, wholesale drop shipping um, saturation that does occur with the people who are making some of those items, you know, uh, as a small business. I think that's just, it's so hard to compete with that. But I don't think that there's anything, um, I haven't seen any, you know, real issues. You know, if, if you think that your product might be, you know, less than maybe some of the competitors, then maybe that's an area for improvement to make it different or think about how you can innovate that product a little bit better. Um, or maybe, you know, you can make it cheaper than your competitors. So one of the, um, one so of the things I think something. we're kind of struggling with here is that we've each chose a, chosen a product, right? We've chosen mm -hmm. one thing to kind of sell. Did you start, I know I asked you this before, but did you start with one simple thing or you started with an entire store and you, you more promoted that store as a whole rather than a single product? Yeah, um, we really started with tens as trying to be our main focus, but once we started engraving, 
um, it opened up a whole new world of products that we could sell. And we had so many more on our site than we were actually selling, um, which was was difficult. And then when you do sell those one-off items, and, uh, because it's it's different when somebody can see the product in front hmm. of them. So another question I'm curious about back in the, in, you know, I say back in the day, but years ago when eBay was like the thing and Etsy didn't exist. And, you know, so anything you wanted to sell, you would sell on eBay. If you were starting an eBay, you're, you're opening an eBay store with zero feedback, zero ratings or customer feedbacks. And um, I know that over time when I go buy something off eBay, I usually, I, I rely heavily on those ratings and I'll, I'll, I usually won't buy from somebody unless it's a very specific thing uh, that has like only one rating or, or, or maybe less than 10. Um, and I'll look for the guy that has, you know, a thousand or something like that. So when you're, what's your advice to people that are looking to do this and start out on Etsy? Because obviously you're starting out with zero and mm. you're trying to, you may be putting a product out there that there is a lot of competition and other people have made a lot of sales like yourself, but you're, um, you're, you're the new guy that opens a store with zero ratings. Like what, what advice can you give or what's your, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would definitely say, don't be discouraged about that. Um, ramping up your bio, I think would be, be huge. Um, market yourself to friends and family. Maybe there's um, somebody locally that is requesting a sale from you you know, make them purchase it from you on Etsy. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Do a little bit more, but then they can review your product, even though it was a local sale. Um, so that, that something like that could help you get a few, um, you know, stars in your bucket. Um, but I wouldn't be discouraged about it because there's a lot of people that don't look at that. There's a lot of people that don't even read the description and just buy, you know, the item. And, um, you know, so I, I wouldn't, necessarily be too discouraged about that i think you know and if you if you i would really focus on building up your store rather than selling the items first like get your listings how you want them to be make sure you have your photos um you can make listing drafts so you don't have to just kind of post something that you're not ready to post um you know and, and make sure that that it's that it's you know you're going to reach your target audience and have those keywords to be on the searches and then kind of you know go live if you will with your site and um maybe run a sale right and and having uh, etsy and unfortunately i feel like is a lot of social media marketing too we have to have the facebook and you know everybody has to be a content <laughs> uh you know um creator and have the instagram and posting and that sort of stuff, it really does help, um, you know, and, and Pinterest, you can link, you, there's a lot of third-party <clears throat> integrations that you can do with, in, with Etsy, like um, Pinterest is one uh, where you can post all of your listings there and maybe do some Pinterest advertising. I uh, dabbled with that for a little bit and I got quite a lot of views. Uh, I was really surprised hmm. um, just by connecting my store to a Pinterest account and then turning on an advertisement um, during, during I think it was um, Father's Day for our hammers. And we got quite a lot of views. It didn't unfortunately result in a lot of sale, but at least people were seeing us and, you know, we're, we're getting out there. Awesome. That's a good point to kind of use that, that social media marketing in conjunction with it. If you don't mind mm -hmm. me asking, when did you make your first true sale? 
from the so from when you posted your item on Etsy, when was your first true sale on there? That wasn't after you, know, you opened the shop. You mean? Yeah, after you opened the shop, how long did it take? You know, I want to say it was really within a week. Wow, maybe okay. two. Um, I I really think so. I think because I remember being pretty surprised about it because you know to your point about not having the feedback and everything. Um, and, and that was our cake stands actually. And it's, it's really just kind of, we, we happened to hit a the market and people love our product. Um, and yeah, it didn't, it didn't take too long at all there. So the last episode we did, we, we talked about how to price, uh, products. And that's one thing we really haven't touched base with you yet. I mean, do you have, um, what is your rule of thumb? Like when you're, when you're coming up with a new product, like, how do you go about choosing what to sell, what to sell it for on, on Etsy? Yeah, um, that's always a good question. And sometimes we do struggle with that too. And it has its ups and downs. You know, um, you might be able to adjust the price based on the time of year as well. Um, but basically what I try to focus on is, you know, at, at minimum, what, what did it cost me to make this product? Can I reduce my material costs in some way? Um, by using something else or maybe altering the design to not use as much material or um, another important thing is that shipping cost. Does it fit in a flat rate envelope that I can easily send for less money if I am paying for that shipping? Um, you know, maybe you can scale the, the design down to fit. Um, but after that, I would then look into how long did it take me to make it? You know, some of the, our items are painted, so you have to paint it, wait for it to cure, paint it again, do a finished coat, wait for that to cure. So there's a process that you have to do. So taking into all of that into consideration, I'll then look at what the competitors are marketing their items for. Um, if I feel that that's about what my time was worth to, to create that item and sell it and spend that time, um, you know, you can kind of take it from there. So. All of those types of things I'll take into consideration because at the end of the day, you don't want to make a product um, that you only made $5 an hour on or, you know, something like that. Unless you think exactly. it's worth it to be able to get your your store out there, um, then, the, you know, there are products where that does make sense. It's kind of like the McDonald's French fries, you know. <laughs> Uh, and soda, right? They they maybe don't make any money on it, but they make a lot more on their cheeseburgers. So if you have a product that you can market with another product that you might not make money on, um, you know, as an add-on, then then it's worth it. But otherwise, your time is is valuable. So that might not be the product for you, but it might make sense for somebody else who can do it for less or doesn't mind five dollars an hour for their time. So. You know, when we when we were talking about uh, pricing in the last episode, we were talking about different types of businesses too. So because that that would play into how you price something out. So if you were doing this full time, um, that would have probably a different effect on your pricing structure than doing it as a as a side business. Or if you had, uh, um, you know, you had to do it like you couldn't do it in your house and you had to do it from a building you rent. Now you have different hard costs. So like you're doing this as a, as kind of an on the side business. Are you taking a lot of the hard costs in outside of material and your labor, like electricity and, and, you know, rent space out of your house and that sort of thing? Or do you just do it as a, 
um, you know, as a, a, a hobby business, I guess, is, is one. Because we have a lot of customers that do both. And there's nothing wrong with either or. But that does have to play somehow into how you're pricing things. Definitely. Uh, wear and tear on your machines is, mm -hmm. is definitely a huge thing. If it's, um, you know, an intense design, that's going to, we, you know, we've done some laser cutting that takes three hours on the machine um, nonstop. And, and that's pretty huge time effort. It blocks our, our shop from doing anything else on that laser. You know, we, we have to kind of take those things into consideration um, because, you know, if you price it too low, you might not want to be spending that time to make those items if it's going to take that long. So, you know, uh, you might want to increase the price. And, you know, you can always change it too, or you can run sales and things like that, but it's definitely something that you do want to can take into consideration. And I think that every shop is going to be a little bit different in that, but you really don't want to short sell yourself because in the end, it not only impacts you, but it impacts all of the other sellers out there too. Even though they, they are your competitors, you know, it, it might force them, it might force the whole market down if you're not pricing accurately and other people, you know, might need to adjust theirs sometimes or you, that sort of thing. You mentioned wear and tear on the machine. Do you, um, do you and your husband kind of put like a small percentage of your sales aside for like replacing laser tubes or now that you got the CNC machine, you're going to have to replace mm -hmm. end mills when they dull out and things like that? Yes, definitely. Uh, we we try to do about 10% of our sales. Um, some, you know, it depends on what it is or um, because we do do it on the side for extra money. It really, it kind of depends on how we want to utilize the money, um, especially because we, we also take some of that money out for advertising and um, other, you know, business expenses that we have. So there's a lot of different things that we need to set aside. So it really comes down to kind of doing that math and sitting down and saying, you know, at the end of the day, what do I hope to actually take in from this personally to, you know, pay myself um, and what are all of my other expenses? And that all really ties into how you want to list your item. And if your item ends up being more expensive than your competitors, I wouldn't be discouraged about that either because people are still going to buy it from you, even if it is a little bit more because your product is still different at the end of the day than, than the next person's, even though it might be the same kind of thing or something, you know? Yeah, it was a, it was a big discussion we had in the, in the last episode because pricing's huge. And uh, depending on the type of business you are, that, that, you know, that makes a, um, a big difference. If you're not, uh, some people, it's amazing. They don't, they don't even consider their time. They just, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like kind of like, okay, I just made this product. It cost me $10 in material. And so I sold it for 20 and I just made 10 bucks. That's awesome. I doubled my money. And without any consideration that it might've taken six hours of your time to make that product. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, this is, this is great. You have, um, you have some really cool stuff in here. And uh, so you're, you don't even need to have like hundreds and hundreds of products to, to have a successful Etsy business. I mean, you're doing it with what, 40 something products at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and a lot of, some of those are duplicate listings. Um, right now we've, we've kind of limited our shop. Uh, we have a six month old, so <laughs> it makes our time a little bit uh, tricky to be able to do a lot of different r ranges of products. 
Um, so we're kind of focusing um, just on a few so we have less, you know, kind of context switching and can do a little bit more bulk. Um, but yeah, it's it all comes down to having the time. Yeah. What what is your plans for the net? What's the next step for your business? And what do you like to see happen to it next? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> to be honest, we we're really excited about the the CNC because we already have loads of files and designs, and uh, we really want to be able to get into using those designs on the CNC. Right now, we we're learning the trial of Aspire um, and using Fusion 360 on a few things. But um, what's really great about that is is we can run that while maybe designing or focusing on something else with the lasers um, and kind of running more than one thing at a time and feel a little bit safer running that by itself than a laser. So how much time do you devote a day to your business? I know you have a, a newborn now. I mean, that, how do you how do you divide that that schedule up? Yeah, uh, well, there's two of us, so um, it, you know, we can bounce a few things between us, um, but it, it is very time consuming if, if you're trying to, um, it depends, on, I guess it depends on what your goals are, but for, for us, we are trying to make this into something that um, perhaps in the future we can hire employees, which is a scary thing because it seems like you're going to um, kind of spend some of your money you know, on on wages and everything else that comes with having employees. Um, but at the end of the day, you can produce more and and get more sales and send them more or in a timely manner. Maybe reduce your shipping time. That's that's another thing with Etsy is if you you know your shipping time is too long, um, it might not be that your price is wrong. It's just that your shipping is you know set too too far, and people want things very quickly on demand um, when they are shopping for something. You know. You don't know what their time frame is. So, um, if you're shipping in four weeks and your competitor shipping in one, um, people might go to them even if you are priced lower. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you, Amazon, for uh, <laughs> uh -huh. making everything yeah. to be instantaneous. Next day, same day yep. in some places. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But uh, no, this is this has been great. Um, did any other questions that you have? I think just the last question I might have is if you were to, you know, if you were to start fresh again, would you go the Etsy route or would you explore something else? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we, we have thought about other avenues, um, uh, you know, Square, Shopify, having your own website. Um, but I think that if you're really just getting getting started, I think Etsy is still a really great way to go because you can get that revenue in, you can get started quickly, you you know, um, it's very easy to use. So from that perspective, you can still scale up because you know Etsy does allow you to to link to other things. You can have um, your own custom website from Etsy. You can mm -hmm. pay for I think it's like fifteen dollars a month for a pattern website. And it uses all of the same work you've already done to build your listings, um, but in a different kind of website. So people don't really have to go to Etsy to buy something from you. And uh, I think I said Square already, you can use your inventory from Square and sell on, on Etsy or oh, vice wow. versa. So there's other integrations that you can still do. So I would say that it's still worth starting on Etsy. It gets you used to selling it gets you, you know, to be able to fine tune your processes and your business and how you want to operate before spending all that extra time and money maybe in having your own website 
um, developed or managing that and, and having to deal with any UI changes that might come from that. So are you using social media a lot to, to draw people to your store? Uh, yeah, we, we, we try to as much as we can um, because unfortunately it kind of is that way. Um, Etsy does, like I said, they do do the advertisings. We do uh, pay. We do have a monthly budget and we do have, we're, uh, we're, we're under the required part for the offsite ads. So, you know, we try to just get as many different avenues as we can looking into our business. Um, we do think, you know, one day we might branch out into our own website, but I think it never hurts to still have um, other other um, avenues where people can purchase from you because you would just totally miss out on, I think they have quite a few million um, customers going to Etsy every day. Um, so you would still, I think you would miss out on that. And, you know, and if you only had just your website or just Shopify or one or the other. So you uh, you do a lot of posting on Instagram. Uh, we did before the baby, but we're starting to get back into it now. Yeah, um, the key there is from from what I've gathered so far is is the live stories, posting frequently every day, um, posting new content, and uh, having the right hashtags is really key there. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to learn it too, and it's. Uh... I don't know. That's why we have kids. I just let one of my kids do it. <laughs> no, they, they naturally they, do that sort they know of thing. They don't even than, realize it. I'm a Facebook user, and they, they don't even use that. They think it's for old people. So, Yeah. You still have MySpace, right? Yeah. <laughs> you still have that custom song on MySpace. Yeah, yeah. We like to uh, joke around with Eric about his. he's a little bit older than Bobby and myself. Yeah, a little. Like maybe six years. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, we really appreciate the time that you took. How how can uh, our listeners uh, find you? Where where can they reach out to you? Yeah, so um, Instagram is really great way to contact us. Uh, we're at um, the underscore burned underscore edge um, is our is our Instagram tag and our Etsy um, shop. With any shops on Etsy, you can just type in the search menu the name of the shop without spaces. Um, in their in their product search, and you can find it um, that way. But I can provide you the links to that as well for anyone for the podcast. Awesome, yeah, and yeah. we'll we'll definitely link you up in the in the descriptions down below. And the show notes yeah. will have a page for that. Please take a look at the burned edge because it is it's really cool. And just you know, as you can hear from Marissa talking to her for two seconds, so we we said we got to pick your brain. We got to get you in here because you are just a wealth of information. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'd like to leave just with a few pro tips, um, just in sure. general for anyone looking to get started. Um, I would say, as I mentioned a few times here, having more than one listing per product, changing those categories, tags, titles, your main photo, it'll give you a lot better placement. Um, if you search for some of our products, you'll see, you know, uh, we might show up more than once on one page or on several pages is really great. Um, using third party shipping companies like um, Go Shippo will give you like lower rates. They group small businesses into a big umbrella, um, kind of like, you know, not the same rates as Amazon is getting for shipping, but you can get lower shipping than if you went to the post office. Um, and then there's Sendle, which is really great if you have specific sized uh, packages for like more of a flat rate shipping discount. So definitely if it's something that you're serious about, I would sign up for something like that, making sure that you, you know, buy a scale shipping label 
we found ourselves in the beginning rushing to the post office after work every day, trying to make it before they close, waiting in line to buy all the shipping, right? Um, so I, that, that was really huge for us. Um, you know, set that advertising budget, get some coupon codes out there for your customers. Um, there's different things that you can do for like codes when customers leave their, leave items open in their cart or have um, purchased from you before they can um, send a code out automatically for you. So you don't even have to do any work there. Um, running sales during the holidays and um, using USPS flat rate boxes or priority boxes as much as possible is a huge saver on shipping costs. I think I touched on that before, trying to scale your products to maybe fit inside of those packages. Uh, it, I know we use them all the time and it's saved us quite a lot of money. Okay. That's awesome. Thank and you so much. Up. Yeah, Marissa, thank you. We we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Marissa Pasternak, owner-operator of the Burned Edge Etsy store, our resident Etsy expert. Um, hopefully, we will talk to you again and, and go from there. But if you check out the Burned Edge Etsy store, and if there's anything else you guys want to add. No, I'm, I'm all set. No, I do appreciate the time and uh, look forward to meeting you the next time you're out to uh, to our way. Oh, definitely. It was it was a beautiful drive. So thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank Until you. next week. All right. All Bye. right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think It, Make It podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more great CNC router content. <laughs>